Hello, Marketeers. Welcome to another episode of AEC Marketeer Podcast, exploring AEC marketing and beyond. I'm your host, Keelan Cox, and I'll be exploring marketing trends and answering your most pressing questions to help you thrive as an AEC Marketeer. All right, Marketeers, thank you so much for joining me. Today, I have on Ben Colbreth. He is a freelance copywriter and content strategist who partners with corporate clients and news publications. He also works with organizations to develop content marketing strategies. Prior to starting his business, Ben held roles in voluntary benefit sales and marketing and nonprofit advocacy. Welcome, Ben. Yeah, thank you. I'm just kind of excited to be here. (laughs) Yeah. So before we dig into what I brought you on here to talk about, which is the role a copywriter plays in website design, I'm curious how you got started in this industry. What's your story? Yeah. So I first freelanced over 10 years ago for my university, and that's sort of how I got started in the industry. They hired me to write stories focused on my university had an interior design program, and they wanted to kind of highlight that as part of their marketing efforts. I was a history major who could write a little bit, so I had really no idea what what content marketing was or the concept of freelance writing. And I was doing these things just, you know, that's what they were paying me to do. So I was interviewing students, alumni, professors, all those, you know, anybody involved with the program about their experience. And so it was just kind of interesting. It was sort of like a early kind of customer stories, case studies. Again, if you had said those terms to me or anything like that, I wouldn't have had a clue. Uh, but that's kind of where I got started and then went off after graduation, did some work in um, corporate life and, you know, a few other gigs, worked in, in political advocacy and things like that before coming back around and started freelance writing again about five years ago or a little over five years ago now. And sort of just over time started working with more firms in the AEC industry, you know, from builders to uh, renovation companies, designers, architects kind of across the board and it just started going pretty well every time. So I'm slowly kind of sort of the things that's right in front of you. And then you start thinking about it and you're like, oh, wow, this looks like a really good area I could focus in. So that's how I ended up here today. That sounds so similar to so many stories, but like usually I'm talking to marketers who do proposals, but it's so funny how everyone is just like, oh, this is a niche. I'll just stay here. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's going pretty well. Maybe I should just like spend yeah. a lot of time doing So to start us off, what are the options when you're working with a copywriter on website design? Like what are the modalities of working with a copywriter? Yeah. So there's kind of a few different ways you can approach it. You know, one way is to bring, this is to me, in my experience, probably what happens more often than not is the copywriters brought in once a website has sort of been designed and is in some kind of mock-up form or at the very least wireframed, but you know, you kind of have some kind of idea of what it's going to look like. And then if somebody's going to work with a professional copywriter, you know, then they will actually reach out to that person if they're going to work with a freelancer, if it's an agency or whatnot. That's been my experience most of the time is the copywriter sort of the tail end of the website design and, you know, then all in to actually put some words together. They're going to go on this website. Another option is for them to kind of be brought in while the site's being developed. So sort of in the middle of the process, you know, maybe there's some initial 
kind of mock-ups there and there's some some visuals of what the site's going to look like here's how it's going to be laid out and then the copywriters sort of brought in there and then really kind of the best case scenario i guess you could say is when a copywriter is brought in from the very beginning and can work closely with a designer to actually help influence what a website is going to look like in terms of the the page layout and, and let the words influence the design so those are kind of the three ways in my experience. The first one I listed is typically what I've encountered, but it's slowly, you know, and I'm trying to advocate more for writers to be brought in earlier in the process. Okay. So just based on your answer there, I'm assuming that the ideal scenario for you then is coming in before a design is implemented for a website. Yeah, for sure. So typically for me, if I'm going to work with somebody on a website and it doesn't always have to work out that way, sometimes, you know, it works out just fine for a writer to come in in the middle or later in the process. But I think really, if you're building a site from scratch or you're, you have an old site that needs refreshing and there's a lot of changes, whatever it may be, bringing the writer in from the get-go is really important in the process because I think in this industry, and, and this is in a lot of industries as well, there's a lot of focus on the visual part of a website. What's the design look like? What does the imagery look like? A lot of focus on that. And it's really important because a website is a visual product. It's something you, sure. someone's going to spend a lot of time looking at. But it's really the copy that is going to tell the story. It's going to convert the customer. It's going to actually guide them along through the website to do the desired action that you want them to do, whatever that may be. And so coming in early on that process, to me, a copywriter has a lot of strategic value in a website design because they can actually work with a designer to lay out a page or to talk about what what copy is going to go where so that that page is designed with the user in mind and the and that way the designer is not sitting there thinking well I don't know what's going to go here right. a copywriter can work with them and say hey this is going to be a cold action box right here we're going to want them to click on this and send us an email or whatever it may be sure. just name but I think it has a lot of potential to create a website that is truly a marketing sales tool that can help convert customers and get them to take the action that you want them to take as mm -hmm. opposed to something that may look vision, visually appealing and it may be something that when people go to it, they think, wow, this looks really great. But if they're not super sure on what to do because the copy isn't clear, then probably going to miss out on some folks there. Perfect. So the few things that I wanted to touch on from what you just said there. So number one, for our non-marketing people listening, copy is just the text, basically, right? Yes, yeah, the words okay. on there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. And then second, when you're talking about conversions on a website, I think prior to speaking with you and a few other people, I would have thought that conversions only really functioned when you're selling a product. So what you just brought up there is the conversion can be any sort of desired activity of like contact us or you know, sign up for a newsletter or something. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so okay. I think that's a good point. It's like when you hear the word conversion, you think money has changed hands, you know, some sure. customer with a website. And th this is really something I learned from working on different digital ads, but especially with a website, you can make a conversion kind of anything you want it to be. Maybe it is somebody actually converting to a customer, but with them interacting with a digital product, Maybe the conversion is them clicking a link somewhere. So maybe clicking into your contact form or getting to a landing page or clicking the email, filling out the bot. 
interest box or whatever it may be. Sure. So it's really kind of any desired action that they want that, that someone takes that moves them along that process for you and, and hopefully results in them becoming a paying customer at some point. Got it. Okay. So then when you're brought in early, have you found that that works best for the designer as well? Or would the designer say, no, I want to be brought in first? Mm -hmm. What is that dynamic? Yeah, I think it's still, there's both sides of that. Yeah. So okay. I think a lot of designers do appreciate having a copywriter involved earlier. I think I kind of mentioned it earlier when a copywriter is able to help guide the process of a site layout and a site design, it helps the designer to me, it really gives them more creative freedom because instead of them just having to try to put placeholder boxes or whatever it may be, they can actually now say, okay, well, that copy is going to go here. So I can do this, this, and this with this page. And I actually think it's one of those things that you hear sometimes that rules or something that kind of confines can actually result in more creative freedom. And I kind of think that's one of these situations where I think some people may naturally think, well, the designer should just design the website how they think is best from the get-go. And then we can fill it in with words. Well, ultimately those words are what people are going to read. And so when they can, you can work together on that and actually be creative in the way that the words are going to be laid out on the page, where the copy is going to be there, and the way that the site design and layout interacts with that copy. Uh, I think you come up with a more creative product. On the other side of that, you do have designers who want to work on it on their own and, and have you come in later. I think they can work okay on some sites. I've worked on several projects like that with builder websites. I think it kind of depends on the site purpose or is it there? to serve primarily as a place for leads and prospects just to see your work. That's probably okay for you just to have, there may probably not as much copy on there, right. but if it's truly something that you want to be there as a resource for prospects, as a place where they can take action to become a, a, a lead for you, where they actually start that sales process with you. I think that's where it's incredibly important to have a copywriter in early, but it can work both ways, especially if you work with a really talented designer who kind of understands some principles around where the copy needs to go and things like that. I think those results can still be really good, but preferably, I think it's great to have a copywriter involved really early on. And I think a lot of designers appreciate that back and forth collaborative process as well. That makes perfect sense. And I wouldn't have thought a website design would go that way until talking to you, but it is so similar to how you put together a proposal. Like you wouldn't, you can have like your basic templates, mm -hmm. but like the really killer proposals come when you've got some text and then you're working with the designer on how to lay things out and the graphics you need so that it, it feels like one integrated document. So it makes perfect sense that a website would be the same, but I just never would have thought of it that way, I guess. Yeah. And I think kind of having that, I don't know, it's one of those things that's like when you have that framework in place, it can help you. I think you come up with more creative ideas in that situation. Yes. When you're having somebody to work with, maybe there's a certain page that you want. This is a page you want to convert people. You know, you're talking about your process and it's like, you can get really creative as a writer with what you're coming up with in terms of like maybe a headline or something like that. And then working with that designer 
maybe originally it was supposed to go on one part of the page, but as you talk through it, it's like, oh, wow, I actually think if we put that here, it's going to catch somebody a lot earlier and we can move them down the page to, you know, do whatever it is they need to do, you know, send us an email or click the contact us button or whatever it may be. So, yeah, I think, I think that that process back and forth and, and working together can be really create a good product instead of it being kind of siloed, you know, here's one side of this process and here's the other. And then when it comes time, we'll kind of push them together. Instead, kind of let them let them come together from the very beginning, and each each has got their own value and, and role to play. And when they're when it's conjoined, it, it really I think it works super well. Cool. So then, the reason that we're talking is because mm-hmm. you wrote an article on wireframing for copy on mm-hmm. a website, and wireframing is a term that I hadn't heard of before, but it sort of mm-hmm. sounded to me like storyboarding. Could you explain quickly what wireframing for copy is? Yeah. So it's something I borrowed or I learned from other writers, but also it was really, to me, probably more popular with web designers and and user experience designers who were working on websites. You would see them kind of mock up boxes, ramages were going to go and visually lay out the page, sort of like you said, sort of like storyboarding. So you can visually see, okay, this is what this thing is going to look like when it's on the internet. And so I sort of took that in my process. And now when I create a website or create copy for a website, I will kind of do the same thing. So I will wireframe a page. So I'll draw a box and say like, here's the H1 header is going to go here. And here's where this description copy needs to go. And I think this would be a great place for an image right here. And it's just a way for me to visually see this is how the website uh, should go or could go. Uh, Obviously you have a designer there. They have their input as well. But I think when you're able to do it that way, it does a couple of things. One, it working with a client, it helps them visualize what the website is going to look like, which is a, a really good thing. Instead of it just being a page with a bunch of words on it, essentially now they can look at it and say, okay, look, I can, t- I can visualize this is going to be uh, a headline and this is where it's going to go. And I can visualize that this is a description of our service and this is where that's going to go. So I think it does that. And then I also think. It's that I mentioned earlier, I think there's a lot of strategic value in a writer playing that role in there of saying, here's really where this copy needs to go. And even though I, I don't have any artistic ability as a designer, being able to visualize that and communicate that with a designer and say, Hey, this is a really important part of this page. What can we do to kind of highlight this particular section? So even though my wireframing is essentially boxes that I've drawn in a, in a Google doc, it's still a place for me to visualize that and then to be able to kind of share that with somebody that actually can turn that vision into something that looks really nice, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, perfect. So then what are some red flags with copy on a website? Yeah, so I think there's a few. I think particularly in the AEC industry, to me, it's lofty, very fluffy language that you see, mm-hmm. especially on a homepage when you get there and you read something, you're like, well, that sounds nice, but I don't really know what it means. That's a major yeah. red flag. And I think that tends to happen a lot because especially in this industry or any industry that kind of seeks to give an, as, an aspirational message to their prospective clients. Mm-hmm. I think there's a tendency to write a little bit more, say, trying to kind of sell that vision kind of thing, but I think it can get sort of muddled. So that's something I see a lot. Language, it just doesn't really say anything, I guess, is really kind of how I would define it. 
and may sound nice, but if the customer doesn't understand it or doesn't know what to do after they read it, it doesn't really mean a whole lot. Even if it's a, a beautifully written sentence, if it doesn't push, uh, push them to action, there's not, it's not really doing what it's supposed to do. Copy is designed to convert and move along. So that, that to me is a, a pretty big red flag. I would say on the other side of that is kind of generic and bland copy, something that a lot of people are saying just kind of standard industry terms or just kind of overall bland language. It just, if you go read any similar competitor, they're going to say something very much the same. Yeah. And I would say, I said standard language, any kind of industry jargon is a red flag because mm. nine out of 10 people are not going to know what that means. And the one person that probably does know what it means is your competitors checking out your website. So <laughs> you don't want to include a lot of industry terms that people aren't going to understand. And a couple other things that kind of stand out to me are when you see a call to action button, you'll see things like learn more or find out more or things like that. That tends to be more ambiguous language. And especially when you're trying to get someone to take action, it's so important to be clear about what they're going to do when they click that button. So if it's sent an email, the button should say, send us an email or even contact us is fine. But any kind of ambiguous language that when someone clicks on something that they don't necessarily know where this is going to go, or when they get there, they're like, I didn't know this was going to take me here. That's red flag as well. And kind of the last thing I see in this is across all industries is websites to try to talk to everybody. And mm. I think that's, that's difficult in a lot of ways, especially especially if you're an architecture firm or someone like that, that builds or in a construction company and you work with multiple industries, that's difficult because a lot of those industries are very different, right? right? And they may have different needs and a totally different process of selecting who they work with. So that's difficult, but I, I have found that those websites tend to be the ones kind of like I mentioned earlier that either go lofty or they go kind of generic and then they get muddled. Then you're in the middle. You're kind of in that sort of like no man's land where I don't know who I'm talking to here. And then somebody, sure. a prospect gets there and they say, I don't know if they're talking to me or not. So I think trying to identify, you can have multiple people in your audience, like multiple decision makers and multiple folks who are going to land on the website, but trying to really understand who's in my audience, who's going to be on this website and what are they looking for or what needs do I need to serve? Trying to figure those out are going to eliminate a lot of those, uh, that red flag. Sure. Trying to speak to everyone. It's funny because a lot of the red flags that you just touched on, I could easily see AI generating that type of text. For sure. Yeah. Okay. I think it would definitely lean, unless you could get it to be hyper-specific and you probably had to feed it a lot of very specific or, or very intentional prompts about what okay. a certain decision maker is looking for. I think AI is definitely going to go more generic. That's what I've seen in my experience with it. I haven't used it like a ton, but in my experience with it, it generally is going to turn out much more generic and for everyone. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So then I suppose on the flip side, what will effective copy do for your company or your website? Yeah. So I think effective copy is going to do a couple of things. One, it's going to help you convert more prospects into customers. So really well-written copy, ultimately that goal is to convert someone into a customer. So it doesn't necessarily mean, or if you're converting someone, it doesn't necessarily mean, like we said earlier, that they're going to be signing up as a paying customer, but that copy could be getting them to 
fill out a contact form, which sure. in from your sales team to reach out to them. And then it goes from there and they turn into a customer at some point. Or so, apply for a job. Right, exactly. Or apply for a job. Okay. Sell the company vision to them. So I think ultimately really well-written copy is going to generate more conversions for you. And it's also going to make your brand stand out a lot more as opposed to your competitors, because there's a lot more not so great copy out there than there is really good copy. Sure. So, and it's going to help a customer or a potential hire remember you a lot more when they're on your website than when they go visit the three or four other competitors um, of yours that they look at that they may be comparing you to. Hmm. Okay. So then what are signs that your copy is working? Yeah, I think a, a sure sign that it's working well is when people who are visiting your website take the action you want them to. It's a very clear indicator that they know exactly what they're supposed to do. So the copy is very clear and it's helping them move along in the process, whether that's filling out a form or sending you an email inquiry, whatever that may be. And the copy is good enough that it's compelling them to take action, which is really important. But then another great indicator to me is that you're on the phone with a customer or talking to them and they say something like, well, I read on your website and then that they continue on with that sentence, whatever the rest of it may be. Maybe it's about your process or something you did for a specific project. I think that's a really important indicator because it means that the copy was memorable. Whatever it was, was compelling to them. And it also goes ahead and tells you that's really important to them. So that's an, a really critical part of the sales process to me is being able to kind of write sales copy that resonates with the needs of those customers when they vocalize that to you. That's a great indicator that the copy is working well because you're addressing those pain points or those needs, whatever that may be. And then kind of the final thing is whatever data you're using, if you have that in place on your website, whether it's Google Analytics or whatever it may be, take a look at that. Google Analytics is what I'm most familiar with. So you can go through and look page by page on how much time people are spending on your website, how much time they're spending on particular pages. Are there pages where there's a high bounce rate, meaning people or a bounce rate where they leave very quickly? There, is there a reason they're leaving that page? It may not be the copy. It could be something totally different, but seeing how much time people spend on particular pages of your website will help you understand what they're looking for. And you can use that to influence the copy or to maybe tweak the copy that's somewhere where maybe you want them to spend a little bit more time. So those are all to me, really good indicators of you know, what's working well, maybe where you can make some adjustments and then also what you can do to influence any updates you make later on. Perfect. So then what in your mind would be the most important thing to keep in mind with design and copy if you were to leave us with some gems? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think the most important thing, first and foremost, is that the audience, they come first. So whoever it is that's visiting your website, you really have to keep in mind what they need. What are they there for? Are they right. looking for information? Or are they using this as a, a way to set up an appointment with you? So keep in mind what they're looking for as part of their you know search process, whatever that may be. And what do they want to do when they're there? Help them do that with mm. your website. The most, I think we can all think of many, many times, probably on a daily basis, where you get on a website and you can't figure out how to do something that you want to do. And that's the most frustrating feeling also a very memorable experience for you. So <laughs> if you make it, you know, very fluid for them and very easy, it's not probably not going to be as memorable in the same way as a bad experience, but it, it doesn't have to be because now they've moved on to what they actually need to do. Right. 
I think the next thing is when you have a writer and a designer working together from the very beginning, you're going to end up with a website that actually truly serves the most important uh, person, which is your audience or the most important people. And so with that prop, it may feel a little bit different because I, like I said, yeah, I think people naturally go towards let's design this thing. Let's get a visual idea of what it looks like. And right. That's going to be a little bit of a change in our process, but it's going to result in a better product. And I'm not somebody that says design or copy or more, one is more important than the other. They both have a very distinct role to play, but honestly, the copy should come first because like, that's what someone is going to, to use and to read and to take action on. And it doesn't mean design is less important. It just means that they both have a very valuable purpose and they're much better working together than they are working independently. And really, like I, I've said it a few times with copy, that's what's going to dr drive that desired action that you want them to take. Right. And really it's one of those things where you can have a very beautiful website, uh, but if it doesn't really say anything or doesn't really tell someone what they are looking for or what they need to do, it's not going to perform very well, most likely. Sorry. On the other side, um, you can have excellent copy and a poorly designed website and it's probably not going to perform very well either because even if the copy is really good if it's not laid out in a way that's um, a good experience for the user mm -hmm. then it's also not going to convert because they're probably going to get lost in what they're trying to do so both again like you can have great work one side or the other but until they're really brought together and work in a cohesive way the website's probably not going to live up to its full potential of what you're wanting it to do perfect so if our listeners would like to learn more about you and your work, where should I direct them? Yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn. They can find me on there. Post a couple of times a week and also try to have some fun with some comments and things like that on LinkedIn. So, you know, it's a place where I try to share some insight, but also try to have a little bit of fun there as well. And then a website is a great place to check out my work, both, you know, what I've done, kind of my portfolio, and then also... I had some personal writing on there, some insights on my blog and things like that. So, and they can get in touch with me there as well if they would like to. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for, for agreeing to this. I really yeah. enjoyed our conversation and yeah, I learned a lot. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> Less one person, so. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>